0: This is the story of a little podcast. Hello and welcome to Chronically Narnia. This is a podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Chronicles of Narnia chapter by chapter. And we are discussing today, Chapter 5 of The Horse and His Boy. This chapter is called Prince Corrin. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we discuss, you'll need to know more about us, of course. I am a reasonably defensible house, um, <laughs> also known as Kristen. And this is my co-host.
1: A goatee little creature.
0: <laughs> also known as. Chris. all Alrighty. <laughs> Welcome, you goody little creature, you.
1: Mm-hmm. You call me that sometimes. Anyway, I, I
0: really don't <laughs> think I've ever had words like that come out of my mouth.
1: That's possible. Anyway, how are you, Kristen?
0: I'm doing well, all in all. Um, they're shutting stuff down again—Texas, Florida, etc. Yep.
1: California's any day now, sure.
0: We'll see. Mhm. Um, hopefully not, but things change so fast. By the time this episode is up, it might very well be closed. We'll
1: yep. see. Our, our series of closures that everybody predicted that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, hey, I you know what? I told you that we had to go out on day 1 of stuff reopening mm-hmm. so that <laughs> if it got messed up and everything got shut down again within 2 weeks that we had our experience out. And uh
1: Well, we'll save money. I might have been
0: justified in that.
1: Possibly. Anyway, we're here to talk about a book. What? Uh,
0: We're not here to talk (sighs) about the state of the world?
1: No. This isn't a political podcast.
0: Oh. (laughs) Because, see, I thought we were going to get into some political intrigue between the Tisrock and King Edmund. Oh, we'll
1: get there. Just (gasps) just you wait.
0: This (laughs) coming war between Narnia and Tajban.
1: Yep. Apparently or
0: callerman, callerman. Or yeah. whatever that place is called. Josh yeah. a city. Yep. I've heard. Yep.
1: Anyway, before we get into Stay all that. it up one more time. Yep. Before we get into all that, would you like to go ahead and do our summaries so people know what we're talking about sure in this chapter? Thing.
0: As we read through the chapter, we select uh five sentences each and try to uh, share the plot of the story. Um and so as we uh, do we do. We so do. We're going to go ahead and share those now. Right. Hashtag Narnia chopped.
1: Yours is very short today.
0: Um, frequently, <laughs> but by the lion's mane, I think that as soon as he has your flat denial, we shall be no better than prisoners. All we need is some pretext for going down to our ship today and taking stuff on board. Are you Prince Corin? Said Shasta. Can I get out the way you got in? Yes, of course, said the other.
1: <laughs> OK, we didn't choose a single sentence in common. Woo. Yeah, yours are, that's, I think, the shortest summary you've ever done.
0: There you go. A chapter. I, I don't think that it's the shortest, but.
1: It's up there. Uh, so It's it, down there. Oh. I'll, <laughs> I'll go ahead and do mine now. All right, so uh, my sentences are as follows. I do not think we shall find it easy to leave Tashban. And so to see, cried Tumnus, leaping up and beginning to dance. Never came into his head to tell these Narnians the whole truth and ask for their help. I am afraid he did not think at all of what might happen to the real Korin when he was left behind in Tashban. The two boys were looking into each other's faces and suddenly found that they were friends.
0: You know what? You included one of the sentences that I had just, like, preloaded to talk about. Do you know which one it is?
1: Hmm. The, uh, the, the that one. <laughs> You're pointing to it on the paper that I wrote it down. I'm afraid he did not think at all of what happened to the I am.
0: Planet. Who's I? <laughs>
1: cool. I am.
0: I'm afraid <laughs> that he didn't think about it.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Do you know Do you know what else I think about this chapter?
1: What else do you think about this chapter, Kristen?
0: I don't know whether you would have liked it or not. It was a <laughs> fine meal after the Calamene fashion. But Shasta did. Mm-hmm. And when he thought about it, he did what I expect you would have done. <laughs> if you had been up very early and had a long walk. And a great deal of excitement at a very good meal. And were lying on a sofa in a cool room. With no noise and at Except when a bee came buzzing in. Sorry, I just needed to include that in as well. Uh, yeah, no, just 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 a couple of these sentences. I just kind of had ready to discuss yeah. about how C.S. Lewis has been doing such a good job getting this out of his stories, and then and then this chapter. Uh-huh. It it's was like a bad as soon one. as Susan and Edmund show up in the book, he just was like, "I'm gonna write this chapter like I wrote their book."
1: Uh huh.
0: I wrote it. Yeah. I see. Lou. Anyway, sorry. Um, hang on. Before we get too much into this, uh huh. One, I have to find my place because I lost the page, and two, I had a couple of uh, housekeeping things from previous episodes to come back to.
1: Okay, let's get them.
0: All right. Um. Before we get into this chapter.
1: Hashtag got him.
0: In one of the previous chapters, or one of the previous episodes, you suggested that a chapter um, pass the Bechtel test. Mm-hmm. And I shot you down on that one. But in the previous chapter to that, we had already had a conversation between um, Erebus and... um Quinn.
1: Not a character anymore, but...
0: um, Well, yeah, anyway. <laughs> But when they were crossing the river and one had talked to the other and the other hushed the other, that 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 was a moment of Bechdel test passing. Cool. Another thing, I have three points. Okay. Okay, so that was one. Number two, I got a message from one of our listeners who wanted to bring our attention to something. I feel like it was really important, um, especially since we've talked about it a couple of times now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they said, I would like to draw your attention back to magician's nephew when Aslan uh, chose some animals to make them talking animals and included a quote, the dumb beasts whom I have not chosen are yours also. Treat them gently and cherish them, but do not go back to their ways lest you cease to be talking beasts for out of them you were taken and into them you can return. Mm -hmm. Um, so the answer there can suggest that like horses in Kellerman could have previously been talking horses and could have returned to the ways of being the dumb animals the unspeaking animals mm-hmm. and that that might be where any and all animals on this plane that Narnia is on yeah. came from maybe it's a theory
1: yeah. and I
0: wanted to bring that up mm-hmm. um, and this the following is a spoiler for the last battle so just skip ahead about 10
1: seconds. You're going to spoil it for me, aren't you?
0: There is at least one character that changes from talking to non-talking. Beast. I see. Um. Welcome back. No more spoilers.
1: Welcome back. So those are your three points you wanted to address. No, somehow. that was two. Oh. The
0: third one is the one that you <laughs> brought C. up. This one was yours. This was that, um, I don't know if you, well, Chris, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> <laughs> In the Lord of the Rings, yeah. Where is it that the hobbits meet Strider? Spoiler: He's Aragorn, mm-hmm. son of Arathorn.
1: Yep. He's got like a bunch of other titles him? that I don't remember.
0: Where do they meet him? Uh, they
1: meet him at an inn called the Prancing Pony. Which where, is what
0: city is that in?
1: That's in the town called Bree.
0: Oh. <laughs> you mean like our Prancing Pony? Uh huh. Whose name is Bree? Yeah. Is that actually a reference, or is it just uh, believed to be
1: one? Uh, officially, no, but it is believed to be one because uh, this book was released in the same year as Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, fascinating. So,
1: 54.
0: It made me really happy when you shared that, because like, <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure that we brought it up on the podcast. So yeah. those were my three things cool. that should have been prior to our our readings here, but...
1: See, listeners, we do actually talk about this podcast when we're not on the air, so we don't... We don't have a script, but we do sometimes have a plan.
0: <laughs> you can <laughs> tell when it sounds really stilted, when I'm like, Chris, tell <laughs> me about this other book. Um. So anyway, that's there. All right, back to what we were talking about with this chapter. What's up we the didn't chapter? have any sentences in common. Mm-hmm. You included a sentence I feel like was superfluous with the... The way that your second sentence, the way that Tumnus is like dancing around and it doesn't really have any.
1: No, the the dancing isn't the point that him saying and to the sea, that was my succinct way of being like, oh, hey, they found a way out. This is how they're going to escape. They're going to get on a boat and go. I wanted to say all of that in one sentence. And that's what I got.
0: Well, for me, I got all we need is some pretext for going down to our ship today and taking stuff on board.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And, and to the sea just rung more of freedom and them escaping than that to me. So.
0: Okay. Okay. I was
1: going for a mood.
0: Um, fair enough.
1: Um, Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about this. We open up with this conversation continuing between all the adults where Shasta is just kind of there listening in. Shasta doesn't do anything until about halfway through this chapter. True. The first half of this chapter is entirely this conversation between like all the royalty and Can I point Edmund. out though,
0: that Prince uh, uh, Corrin does even less. Yep. And he's t- the chapter title.
1: That is true. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. He's a he's a rowdy, dirty boy, and we'll talk about him a little bit. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we're we have we're in the middle of this conversation. That is. I guess, kind of related to the plot. Again, I haven't read the book. I don't know if this actually goes anywhere whatsoever. This is just complete filler and backstory. Well,
0: it's really important because this is where Shasta gets very important information about the valley and yeah. the river.
1: And how to get to Arkenland. Yeah. Uh, I
0: mean, they would not be able to get to Arkenland without this information.
1: So they're basically prisoners here because, you know, Susan's going to refuse the prince's, uh, you know,
0: advances,
1: advances is the word I was trying to think of. Uh, and proposal, and there's just like as soon as she does that, then they're not going to let us leave because you know this is apparently the way they do things, where if you say no to me, like you will kill your entire party. That's kind my of
0: a- fear, Susan said. Edmund, <sighs> wife or slave, which is worse? I mean, in case anyone <laughs> was wondering, slave. It's worse than wife.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Just want to clarify that. <laughs> For. Some of y'all out there who need that,
1: (laughs) yeah. Life
0: better than slave.
1: Yep, but apparently they're real close in the land of uh, Kalermen when you're talking about these, you know, princes and their and their cruel ways. Uh, So they're pretty sure that they're going to, you know, be trapped at the very least, and she's going to be forced to marry this guy. You know, the best case scenario, she's forced to marry him. Or more likely, apparently, she's going to be forced to be a slave because out of spite. Uh, and uh, the people in the city have been more hostile to them and, like, been more openly aggressive and, like, yeah, they don't want to be there. Yeah, towards Tumnus
0: and also towards Edmund in the way that they've been talking about getting a decision out of yeah. Susan.
1: Uh, yeah, and they, you know, don't want to be there anymore. Uh, apparently, Tumnus really, really hates Tashban. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he he can't stand it. We'll talk a little bit about Tumnus in this chapter because I think he gets about as much dialogue in this chapter as he got in the entirety of uh, *Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe*.
0: I disagree. <laughs> like, like, I disagree.
1: Tumnus has a lot of has a lot of speaking roles here.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and he's a big deal, and I wanted to get into that because like this just like adds all the icing onto my cake of uh, Tumnus yeah, being yeah. the power behind the throne, or you know, and, like, being <laughs> Littlefinger. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Tyrion Lannister. Um, so, yeah, there's this conversation. They talk about wanting to leave, and they're trying to come up with a way to get out. Uh, and we learn some interesting stuff about them as characters and about the history of this conflict kind of here. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, what, how, how do you think that these characters have developed? Because this is the first time we really see any character development for older, you know, Edmund and Peter and Susan like well
0: just had and Susan but
1: yeah don't know where Lucy is Lucy's just gone yep like she doesn't she doesn't get named in any of these chapters we don't mention her like who even knows uh she's off somewhere doing something something yeah uh, but what how do you think you know this plays out for them like what, is there actual development here like do we learn more about these characters like do we see them grow from where we're at in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to hear, like, what...
0: I mean, it's nice to see that they're still, like, brothers and sisters. Like, they're still relating on that kind of level.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, But, I mean, other than that, I wouldn't say, like, the... There's... I feel like there's more development of this concept of High King Peter. Uh-huh. Like, off in the distance. Uh-huh. As opposed to just, like, directly saying, here's Edmund and Susan... They're the kids from before and older now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where Susan can't see what a problem they're in the middle of, and Edmund has to tell her. I don't know. <laughs> He's it's got to just...
1: mansplain some problems. Yeah, <laughs> I do. And
0: also mansplain to her that a slave is worse than a wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I uh, do want to point out the very first line of this chapter, which is in all caps. Which is a quote saying, my dear sister and very good lady.
0: The first line of all chapters in your book are in all caps.
1: Yes, but it, it was amusing because what the line was, my dear oh, sister and very good lady. Because it was the full quote? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I thought that was fun. Yeah, and it's just, not like, in
0: all caps in my book.
1: Uh-huh. And I just like imagine you like going to your brother's My dear
0: sister and very good lady.
1: Going to your brother's house and being like, my dear brother and very good gentleman. <laughs> and how weird that would be. Um, Yeah, but I
0: also am not royalty.
1: Are you sure? Because I'm I'm sure I married you for your money.
0: I'm your queen.
1: Uh, so we talk a little bit about this conflict that apparently exists between Calormen and Narnia and Archenland. Like, the north and the south are, you know, at a state of not quite war, but, like, there's tension there.
0: Yeah, but we're uh, also establishing Calormen as, like, a much bigger empire. Than, yeah,
1: apparently they have power, like, they have, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But at sea,
0: Narnia is as big as them.
1: Yeah, so they don't really have a huge navy, but apparently their, their forces are much greater. <sighs> Which I guess kind of makes sense. Like, I don't know. Obviously, they have a much larger human population than Narnia seems to. I don't know about Arkenland, but like in, in terms of the map, they're both portrayed as smaller nations. Yeah. And I wanted to get a little bit into that and say, you know, what what does this say about the series as a whole? Or maybe what does it say about Aslan or the narrative here? uh because way back in the magician's nephew if you remember back that far
0: i might remember some of it do you remember
1: um i remember we, the seagulls we see the we see the creation of narnia and we see this happening and how what big you know, how much of a big deal it is and etcetera etc cetera. and uh we see off in the distance from narnia these other lands that exist that haven't been inhabited yet like there's nothing there and like this whole world gets created, like centering around Narnia, and Narnia is this the the crown jewel of you know this disk planet uh, yeah. or you know whatever you want to call this this thing that Narnia exists on. But apparently, it's like the tiniest in, like the you know a nation that nobody really respects or is afraid of anymore. Like Kallerman yeah, just seem like a little uh, like that. Callerman's just like, yeah, we could take Narnia if you if we wanted it. At least, according to the perspective of the Royals in Narnia, they're like, "Hey, if the take- Tisrok wants to take us, he probably can."
0: Yeah, basically. And like,
1: and like this whole this whole series is centered around this land, and yet within the context of the larger world, it's not a big deal.
0: Is a yeah? I just
1: what it? it I think
0: that that is more about just that sentence, though, as opposed to like the actual reality. Because, well, okay, so when we get into. Um, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, Mm -hmm. not the next book that we'll be reading, but the one after. Mm -hmm. When we get into Voyage of the Dawn Treader, we explore a lot more of this world, and Narnia is a very small part of this world. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I, I don't know where it falls now. And like, we kind of have brought up this question of like, is Aslan? You know, we brought up other gods existing in Kellerman, as far as like these three different gods that have been mentioned specifically. Uh-huh. And so is Aslan the god of this whole Disc world, or just the land of Narnia specifically? Uh-huh. Like, are there other representations of deities here? Were they created by Aslan or in conjunction with or are they just Aslan or... Are they completely dead? Like, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of questions that this brings up. Because yes, like this is very much a different uh, like perspective from Narnia than what we're presented with the other books, and except for um The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. These are the only two books that kind of go outside of Narnia.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And Narnia is very, like, big and important in the Narnia books, but then yeah. like those two, the horse and his boy, and Voyage of the Dawn Treader, are the ones that step out of Narnia and are like, yeah, Narnia's, like, kind of tiny.
1: Yeah. Uh, being a theologian, uh, do you think this is... No, I'm talking about Lewis, not you. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, wait. <laughs> but what? with Lewis being a theologian, do you think this is maybe, like, an allegory for, I don't know, something like Israel? Where, like, there's this tiny little nation... That, you know, God came into. It's surrounded on all sides by these bigger countries that want to destroy them. But, like, there's there's something special about this little place. Yeah,
0: oh, but Arkenland is their ally, but...
1: Yeah. Or something like that. I don't know. I'm just spitballing things here.
0: I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to think about what Lewis's intentions would have been with that. Or whether he had any intentions. Like, obviously, Aslan's Jesus and the Lion, the Witch, what? and the Wardrobe. I'm sorry that I told you this <laughs> um so obviously we have this very um heavy-handed parallel with Aslan and Jesus mm-hmm. in the Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe mm-hmm. but beyond that we have a lot of kind of flexibility with it I mean in the magician's nephew as well where he's just like you'll know me by another name there Diggory in your world which was also something that we didn't come back to at any point. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know what to, to read into it because if, if we're just going strictly off of what the text is, then yeah, it could very easily be interpreted in this way where like the kids are like the children of Abraham, and we haven't Whoa. really had this whole, like, Whoa. we haven't reached the New Testament part of Narnia's history yet. But I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, moving on. Uh, that's just, you know, ideas to throw out there for discussion. If you, you know, if you listeners want to get at us with, you know, something, I don't know, engage us. We'll engage you back. It'll be a...
0: Hashtag, call men is Egypt.
1: <laughs> Very possibly. Um... So yeah, they talk about the idea Hashtag of
0: the witch is Pharaoh.
1: So they talk about the idea of the Tisrok taking his armies and invading uh, Arkanland, and therefore Narnia, because Arkanland I think you get to first, and then we have the most useful information in the entire chapter thus far, which is the, you know, which
0: is completely unnecessary <sighs> in the context of the conversation in which Shasta is listening but, to them. But
1: we had to have Shasta learn this somehow. It, He's got to learn how to get in Arkanland. It's this little valley. It has
0: nothing to do with the conversation. Salopad is just like, no, 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 no. I have flown over the deserts, and I will tell you that in order for them to get to Arkhamland, they would have to go to the oasis, and there wouldn't be enough supplies there for them to get all the way across. No, they would have to go this way, through this valley, because there's a river it's very important that if you're trying to cross the desert, Shasta, yeah. if you're trying to cross the desert, that you should go in this valley.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, so we learn exactly how Shasta is supposed to get in Darkenland and Yeah, then, but you, go, know, and the rest you have to above. start
0: at the tomb of the ancient well, king. Conveniently,
1: the place that he's supposed to meet Brian and Erebus if everybody gets separated.
0: And then go northwest or something. I don't know.
1: Yep. Um, and so. There's, there is a line here when the, in the discussion of this conflict that I want to ask about because I feel like it comes out of nowhere and we don't talk about it and I want to know your thoughts on what it means.
0: Tell me. It
1: says, uh, For though my brother Peter, the High King, defeated the Tisrock a dozen times over, yet long before that day our throats would be cut and the Queen's Grace would be the wife or, more likely, the slave of this prince. It's a weirdly constructed sentence.
0: I don't think that it's saying that Peter has defeated the Tisrock. I think it's saying that even if Peter defeated the Tisrock a dozen times, they would still all be dead prior to Peter being able to get there and rescue them. Yeah. I think is what it's saying. But no, I agree with you. When I was reading it, I read it as... um, When I was reading it, I read it as... Peter had already defeated the Tisrock in some kind of battle, at which point yes. I was confused why they would now be in some kind of marriage relationship conversation. Yeah. So, no, it's it's a hypothetical, like, even if it is a weirdly worded sentence. It's
1: really though. weirdly worded, and it also threw me off because, like, from the context we had in the last chapter, I thought Peter was here with the rest of the party, no, but no, no, he is no. not. No. So he and Lucy are apparently back in Narnia, and it's just Edmund and Susan who are here along with whoever else. Yeah. You know, freaking uh, Paradin and...
0: Cellopad and...
1: Whoever the other humans are that never get names. The two
0: dwarfs and that one lord with no name. Yep. And yeah. I was surprised you didn't introduce yourself as that lord with <laughs> no name.
1: <laughs> well, it's a goody little creature. Yep. Um, <laughs> and Tumnus. Yep. Uh, and Tumnus there and you know they they're they're in this they're in this kind of trap i guess where you know it's not necessarily an intentional trap but they feel like they're trapped they need a it's way a,
0: out it's absolutely an intentional yeah, yeah, trap yeah i guess
1: so um and then they need to come up with some way to get out of this and they come up with a plan
0: tumness comes up yep. with a plan
1: after like after like shouting really at everybody to, to wait yep he he really this has to get this is how i there.
0: think <laughs> when i haven't had enough food i'm like holding on to my head and just like Shaking violently. I don't have horns to yeah, hold on to. Like you but grab your horns. He holds on to his horns and shakes violently. It's wait, wait, wait.
1: That's some very intense thinking that happens here.
0: Yep, but that's about what I do when I haven't had enough food and I'm trying to think of something and I'm just like, don't talk. I need just like to get there by myself. I know you know the answer, but like I need to get there on my own. So I felt a like I felt a really heart to heart moment there with Mister Tumnus, uh,
1: and he is the one that comes with the plan. Like Tumnus does something useful here. What? Uh, which we're, in, we're in you mean the...
0: besides saving Lucy's life that one time?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so he's useful again. Uh, you
0: mean besides telling them where the white stag was to get them out of Narnia? That
1: was one that, time? was that
0: useful? I don't oh know. well, I mean that hasn't happened yet in yeah. the chronology.
1: Yeah. But... Um. So, yeah, he comes up with this whole plan where, oh, we're going to invite everybody to go on the ship. And, you know, it's actually a decent plan. Like, I'd go along with this. Like, this isn't bad. Uh, We need the pretense of, you know, as you said in your summary, of being able to load things on the ship. So we're going to throw a party and we're going to send all of our people out to, like, spend money in the markets and make it look like we're throwing this. And we're going to hire jugglers and dancing girls. Ooh la la. And, (laughs) uh, yeah, it's this whole elaborate plan. And they have, you know, this exact thing where they know how they're going to escape. And Susan's just like, heck yes, Tumnus, this is why we keep you on payroll. And, like, <laughs> starts dancing with him because, like, none of the royalty came up with this idea. Like, True. they're just like, who knows? Maybe we can fight in the house, says a dwarf. But, and, and, it's a
0: reasonably defensible house. Yeah.
1: <laughs> in the middle of a foreign city where, like, they have no hope of escape.
0: True. So they come up with the plan, and then they all go to eat lunch. And Tumnus comes in and brings Shasta. And now Tumnus has been the deliverer of cakes before. So much toast, <laughs> so much toast, and a cake or something. So mm-hmm. much bread. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, he brought pretty much every food that's good with ice. <laughs> Also, snipe, which is not a specific bird, but
1: it's a kind
0: of waiting
1: bird. Well, yes. Before before we get there, though.
0: Gooseberry fools. Fools are a dessert with sweet custard and pureed fruit, and they sound so good. Yeah. And some whipped cream on top. I know. I, I, and mulberry fools.
1: I'm glad you looked up what fools are, because I didn't know. Oh. I was supposed to look that up.
0: They're like custard
1: desserts with fruit. I've never had a fool before.
0: I think, I mean, that. that's probably true. But <laughs> it just sounds so good.
1: Why do they call them that?
0: I don't know. I didn't look that part up. I just looked up what it was. All right. Um, anyway, sorry. What's the name of their ship?
1: Uh, Well, the name is the... the that sp- they're going to go do the this The Splendor, thing Splendor Hyaline.
0: Ah. What's
1: it's just that? Which is an interesting name. Uh, Apparently, Hyaline is synonymous with something being translucent. Glassy. Glassy. Translucent okay. or something like, like that.
0: Like the sea can be hyaline. Yeah. So is hyaline an adjective or a noun?
1: That's a great question.
0: It's an adjective. Hyaline is a noun. So mm-hmm. this is the hyaline, hyaline splendor, mm-hmm. but reversed. So yeah. this is the splendor hyaline. It is the splendor that is also glassy and translucent, no, it's which not... makes it slightly better.
1: Yeah. But it's... it's
0: also a weird name for a ship.
1: Yeah. It's a weird boat name. Uh, before we get to the feast, and we'll talk about the feast, don't you worry, okay. listeners.
0: Tell us about Mr. Tumnus and Shasta.
1: No, I, I, I do want to talk about a little bit of Shasta's internal monologue. Oh, where, yeah, because he has... Where he has this moment where he's just like, well, I'm in a pickle, uh, and there's this line I included. It never came into his head to tell these Narnians the whole truth and ask for their help this is never something he thinks of because we talked a little bit in the chapter of like why doesn't he just tell them because he well he we had some
0: very logical reasons for him not to because yeah. he would risk his own life and also Apparently. has no basis to trust these people other than the fact that they look like the kind of people who want to be friends with you
1: but he had you see no idea of how noble and freeborn people behave
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so we also have established that he has interact we have established that he has seen and interacted with on some level the nobility of Kellerman. Mm-hmm. We have also had someone throw a carrot at him and say and punch him in the face and say, that'll teach you to speak to Freeman. Uh-huh. So he has interacted <laughs> with nobility and also with Freeman, yep. in Kellerman.. Yep. And this sentence, is saying he has no idea how noble and freemen like function and operate, yep. which is to say that the Kalermin are not like are not capable of being noble freemen, yep. and it is such a dig on this entire society. Yep. I mean, it's your society to build C.S. Lewis, but still, like. <laughs> Man, what a way to vilify an entire nation of people. Which I mean, like we've already vilified them by being like they're gonna go to war with Narnia if Susan doesn't accept the marriage proposal. But like, at the same time, like
1: yeah, it's it's rough. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. There, he's in a you know kind of in his head about it and being like, I can't tell him, I can't escape. Like he doesn't know what to do. And then Thomas comes in and brings him like snipe eight, and eight,
0: gooseberry fools and
1: eight thousand calories worth of food <laughs> and, it, and it, like i can just imagine like shasta awkwardly mm-hmm. sitting there where Tumless while well, Tumless makes like six trips out of the room to go get more food
0: <laughs> well and it describes like- him <laughs> as bringing in one tray that's bigger than him uh-huh. and i don't know it's an it's an inspecific uh un- unspecific him there so we don't actually know which of these two people the tray is bigger than but yeah it's d- at least bigger than the smaller of the two of them.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you would have liked this food or not, but Shasta I- sure did. <laughs> Holy um <laughs> And he also even has a little flagon of some sort of wine that's called white, even though it's really yellow. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh. um, and so then, uh, Tumnus, so then Tumnus sits down and starts telling him a story. Well, not necessarily a story, just being like, oh, hey, don't be sad. There's all these good things that you're going back to and basically telling him about the life of Prince Corin, Which uh, is
0: a little weird. I mean, like, <laughs> because they give this explanation for Tumnus doing this because he still thinks Corin is sunstroke. But, uh-huh. like, is that what happens when you have sunstroke? You don't remember <laughs> that you live as a prince and that you're going to get a horse when you get home?
1: I don't know, maybe. maybe. Like,
0: and start learning Jousting or whatever.
1: I mean, Tumnus is just trying to kill time because he doesn't know how to talk to children. Um,
0: he just he doesn't have his flute to play him the song.
1: Yeah, he's just like I brought you food. What else, a Flute? Sell you out to an evil? Ah, no, there's no evil queen to sell you out to. What do I do? I <laughs> uh, don't know what to do with a child. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'll just make you a king then. I'll tell you more about your king father and how you're gonna be a king one day. And he's
1: gonna be a knight at Care Paravel and like all this stuff. Uh and he's So Tumnis
0: just likes kidnapping children to Care (laughs) Paravel. Apparently. Is that what he's doing? Maybe. Is Tumnus the real master of Care Paravel? Yep. I'm sorry. (laughs) Is he the Fawn? Is he Pan? (laughs) Bringing children into his labyrinth. Ooh,
1: Tumnus is Pan. That's okay. He's he's like, you know, he's the power behind the throne and also Pan. And he's got like an uneasy truth with Aslan. Okay, well, we'll write the fan fiction later. <laughs> um, but he's, yeah, uh, you know. That shows, was,
0: that, we could do that for the Patreon.
1: <laughs> Shasta slash Corn is supposed to, uh, you know, join uh, you know, Tumnus for the summer festival. And there's going to be bonfires and all sorts of fun We've things. heard
0: about those summer festivals.
1: Yep. And we have, you know, Balkas shows up, and uh, yep. you know, it's always a good time.
0: It's always a good time with the nymphs and dryads.
1: Yep. So then, uh, not a lot happens until you know he falls asleep, has a big meal. You know, As what any does. of us would have yeah. would have done after having like our whole day recap to us. Yep. He fell asleep, uh, and then wakes up when there hears a loud crash. And yeah. What is the cause of the crash? Well,
0: it was the the cause of the crash was some vase falling out of the window and breaking into at least 30 pieces.
1: At least 30. What, but what caused but was the vase to- But was this the
0: 30 pieces of silver? <laughs> <laughs> and
1: what? What caused the vase to fall out of the window, Kristen?
0: Prince Corin. And his grubby fingers holding on for dear life, we, trying to climb into the window.
1: We met. We meet Prince Corrin, and uh, thus far, he might be my favorite character <laughs> uh, in the entire series since since the cabbie. Like really into the cabbie. I
0: thought you liked the Beaver, Mister Beaver.
1: Mister Beaver's fun, but God, Prince Corin, I want more of this character in this book. <laughs> uh, because he's just a rough and rowdy boy and let's meet Prince Corin here so before we meet Prince Corin though this line says Shasta had never seen his own face in a looking glass and yeah
0: it's not <sighs> like he worked f- for a fisherman father and had ever seen water before
1: yeah and I was just like he's never seen his face in like water or like a reflection of any kind anywhere like in the side of a metal thing or like totally not. A fisherman. Like, Shasta has no idea what he looks like, which is a weird concept to me. And, like, going through life and not knowing what you look like. I don't know. That's weird. It is weird. That's really weird to think about. I
0: I mean, like, I'm aware that this is a thing, but also, like, water is reflective.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was an interesting moment. Uh, So he doesn't know what he looks like, so he does not know that he looks basically identical to this kid climbing in the window. Uh, so this adds credence to my never-having-read-the-book having theory that they're you know, long-separated twins. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, he and this boy look basically identical. And this kid comes in, and he's just like, who are you? As one does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Prince Corrin's seen himself in a mirror before. Probably. So he knows this, this random kid looks exactly like him. And, like, he comes in all beat up. He's dirty. He's got a black eye. like his Missing clothes a are tooth. Missing a tooth. His clothes are all torn. And his, like, his very first thought is just like, hey, why are you in such a hurry to go? we got to have some fun with this. We look alike. Like, I don't know who you are. I don't know why you're here. But <laughs> let's have some fun with the fact that you look like me.
0: Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's ready to just be a, a, a rowdy and troublesome <laughs> youth.
1: Yeah. Uh... And then you know before you know Shasta escapes because he talks to Corn and was like, "I got, I got out here. Now that you're here, they're gonna find me out. How do I get out?" You know, we hear the story of where Prince Corn has been, and man, that's a story. It's a like great it, story. Like it's written terribly, and like all the sentence structure, and it's really weird. And like he's not not well, well. A boy
0: in the street made a base beastly joke about Queen Susan. Said Prince Corn, so, so I, I knocked, knocked him down. down.
1: Knocking down boys, uh, and then his
0: older brother came after him, knocked him down too. <laughs> and then the whole lot of them came running after him, and he ran into three men of the watch, and he tried. No, it doesn't say he tried to knock them down. It says it they, they knocked, knocked him me down.
1: down. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he's getting into some fights, and then he, you know, he he's like, "All right, fine, I'll go along with the watch, but hey, wouldn't you guys like to have a drink on me?" Which is a weird thing to do when you're being arrested. It's like, imagine that you got pulled over by the cops and they're arresting you for some reason. And you're just like, hey, man, while we're on the way to the station, you want a beer? I'll get you a beer. And he's just like, yeah, that sounds good. And so he goes and buys them all wine and they get drunk and fall asleep. He escapes from the cops. And then he found, finds the first boy again. And lays him out a second time. Because he's just like, one wasn't enough. Yep. Got to start some more trouble. Yup. <laughs> yep. And then since then, he's been trying to find his way back. So, yeah, Korn's uh, he's a rowdy troublemaker. He's uh, he don't take no guff. He don't take insults about his sister lightly. He'll, you know, knock you out twice for it.
0: It's not even his sister. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, this, this is just the woman who is like caretaking for him while they've like mm-hmm. taken him from his father's house on an adventure.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I said sister. That was weird, um, but yeah, he—he, he, I don't know what to say. Like he—he—he he, he comes in. It's a good entrance. Yeah. Like it's a great entrance for a character. Like he, you know, knocks over the vase, climbs in the window with a black eye, and it's just like, oh yeah, I've been out fighting. No, this is my... That's, yeah, this, that's,
0: that's what he's doing. This is my Corrin <laughs> that's voice. That's your, your Arkenlander
1: accent. Yeah, and if, if Corrin shows up at any other time during this book, I'm going to use that exact voice to refer to all of his lines. All right. So I knocked him down again. After that, I climbed up a pipe onto the roof of a house and lay quiet till it began to get light in the morning. So that. <laughs> I say, is there anything to drink?
0: No, I (laughs) drank
1: it. He's like, and that too. Like, he gets in a fight, climbs in the window, and he's like, yeah, you got something to drink? Like, man.
0: We're going to have some fun with this. This
1: character is great. Um, See, these are the kind
0: of characters I hate (laughs) in stories. Like, any of these, like, boisterous, larger-than-life characters, I don't. Like, like uh-huh. they drive me nuts. Uh-huh. Like, this is yeah. I, I, I don't like Prince Corin's character. <laughs> i I like, I like the way that the story is presented and everything, but like, I, I don't like what you're presenting of this <laughs> character. I like it as it's presented in the book, but the way that you have elevated it for me, I'm like, no, I don't like that character you're telling me about.
1: I'm sorry, uh, but in the
0: book, it's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then they come up with a plan of, you know, hey, Shasta's got to leave, and, you know, Corin's got to take I guess you're going to have
0: to tell them the truth because you've got a black eye. And he's and... like, what
1: else would I tell them? Like, the thought of lying never occurred to him. Like, he owns up to this stuff, too. He's just like, yeah, I'll tell him this whole story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Eh, Freaking Edmund will buy me a beer later.
0: Because that's how noble and free men operate. <laughs> that they is how tell they operate. the truth at all times.
1: And I would like to, come, to address what I think is not necessarily a plot hole. But a weird plot moment where we have Shasta who's like, I never thought of a way to tell the Narnians the truth because, you know, they'd they'd kill me. I don't understand how these noble people operate. Corrin does. Prince Corrin knows exactly how they operate and, like, knows for sure that if this kid is in need of help, they'd do something about it. Yep. Like, they'd help him out. And Corrin at no point ever says, no, stay. Like, I'll help you. He's just like... Yeah, go. You a good climber? Yeah, back that way. Just go along. Yeah,
0: hope I Jump see in you later. Jump into the rubbish heap.
1: Hope I see you in Arkanland. Hope you make it.
0: Yeah, if you do, make it to Yep. Come to my come.
1: come to my house. We'll have a good old time. But tell never, tell my
0: father that you're my friend.
1: So never once offers help though. So King we, Lure? No, King uh, King Loon. Loon. Yep. Uh, so that 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 was a thing and like that presents a really interesting dichotomy of prince corin's character where he's just like yeah i'm this noble guy who's like gonna knock you out for saying something about my friend and and also
0: always tell the truth and always
1: tell the truth but not gonna offer you any help good luck man
0: yeah (laughs) look me up if you're ever in town yep
1: (laughs) and so and that's kind of where we end uh we hear someone coming shasta's escaping out the window corin's here
0: and that's that.
1: And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts before we move on to our next segment here?
0: I think um, having already been introduced to Edmund and Susan in the other book, um, we, we know that these thoughts of Shasta says, they'd kill me are very out of place. Mm -hmm. But I imagine being introduced to the world of Narnia with this book for the first time, as Steve said when he was our guest, Uh um, on the wrap-up episode for Magician's Nephew, he said that the first Narnia book that he was ever exposed to was this one, The Horse and His Boy, that his teacher read it in class. Uh And with that said, I think it's really interesting that, like, for the first time being introduced to these characters, other than the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, they... Look friendly they 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 look like they would be friends with friendly people
1: mm-hmm.
0: we We haven't really got any reason for Shasta to not think that they would kill him because he's heard their entire plan about how they plan to escape uh-huh. like he's 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 only ever grown up in this society where he would absolutely be killed if they found like if they were calormine people, and so there's no reason whatsoever for him to think any differently from that because his entire life experience is these people have power and will kill me because I heard their secret. Yeah. So I, I don't know I just think that it's an interesting um way of presenting it and just being like no noble people are honest and noble and like at the same time this boy has no reason to believe that noble people are noble. Uh huh. You know?
1: That's true. Deep, man. Uh, so do you do you want to go ahead and go into our next segment then?
0: All right. Well, our next segment is the segment in which we rewrite the chapter. Mm-hmm. So as we go through the chapter, we also pull out five sentences to tell a new story and try to take the words of the chapter and create a new story. Um, In the first two books, I used this as a way to find more discussion points in the chapter where it kind of revealed moments and intrigue to me. Mm -hmm. I've kind of already touched on what my rewrite revealed to me just now with the whole they're going to kill him" thing. Yeah. But um, Chris, in this entire book, you are creating a, a, a running story. Yes. All of your rewrites are part of one continuous story.
1: Yep. Getting real hard. (laughs)
0: <laughs> getting getting difficult? Uh-huh. I mean, especially since it was a love story between, like, Shasta and Bree or something, and Bree's not even in this chapter.
1: That's that's the hard part. That is
0: the hard part. When I
1: have two main characters, and there are chapters where one of the characters is not there, yep. it gets a little difficult.
0: I, I can imagine it would. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and read my rewrite, mm-hmm. and then you're going to read the five sentences you chose from last week, and then your five sentences for this week, correct? Yep. All right. A boy in the street made a beastly joke about Queen Susan," said Prince Cas. Uh, "said <sighs> Prince Corin, said Prince Corin. So I knocked him down. <laughs> One of the dwarfs gave a low whistle. I am the cause of all of this," said Susan, bursting into tears. "That's the least of my fears," said Edmund. "It will be your last meal in Toshbon."
1: Ooh, that's really good did a good job with that one as short as it is like thank you yeah yeah it tells it tells a lot with that little that little you know five sentence story yeah it's a lot of weight there good job there you go there you go those dangerous narnians
0: i know they're so dangerous uh
1: so i'm gonna go ahead and read my last week's first i'm gonna give you warning and say this week's is terrible uh it was a very very difficult rewrite and eh, it's not good but we'll try to redeem ourselves next week hopefully breeze back (laughs) <laughs> um, so here's last week's recap Shasta tried to get out of the way and make Bree go back and then someone else jostled him from the side and in the confusion of the moment he lost hold of Bree but he had no time to think of that before the most beautiful lady he had ever seen rose from her place and threw her arms around him and kissed him saying oh Corin, Corin, how could you nothing like this had ever happened to Shasta in his life before. And Shasta said nothing in answer because he couldn't think of anything to say that would not be dangerous. And then we're going on to this week. Continuing the story. Who are you? Said the boy in a whisper. And of course you remember. You... Sorry. I need to preface this with something else other than saying it's terrible. I have committed a sin here. I have cut off part of one of these quotes. Now, it's a weird, dramatical sentence structure where where I ended it, there is a question mark, and it is perfectly valid of me to end the sentence there. After that, though, there's a weird little hyphen thing which adds an exclamation on at the end. I didn't include that because it works better this way. Sue me if you want to. This was a hard rewrite. Okay. So that being said, going to start over. "'Who are you?' said the boy in a whisper. "'And of course you remember you have promised to come for a whole week "'to stay with me for the summer festival, "'and there will be bonfires and all-night dances of fawns and dryads "'in the heart of the woods, and who knows?' "'He was a little worried about Erephus and Bree waiting for him at the tombs. "'What woke him was a loud crash. "'These last stands in a house make good stories, but nothing ever came of them Ooh,
0: that's a good sentence yeah it is
1: i like that one a lot I wanted to figure out a way to end it like i said not great but next week we'll get somewhere else with it we'll see
0: where it goes from we'll see here? where it goes all right so so shall we
1: move on to our last little segment here
0: absolutely
1: okay should i introduce this one sure so <laughs> that's what and our last segment, what we do is uh, we just take the chapter as a whole and give it a rating and just say, hey, this is you know how it stacks up against the rest of the chapters in the book and how well it does what it set out to do. Uh, and we rate it on a stupid one-to-five-star system where Kristen always gives me a, uh, a thing to rate it on. What are we doing this week?
0: Uh, pieces of broken vases. Okay. Yeah? Sure. I mean, we could also do varieties of fools.
1: Ooh, yes. Okay. (laughs) That one I like. I was going to say something like ice treats or something. Uh, But, yeah. Or
0: types of snipe. There's over 27 of those. 26 of
1: those. How much research did you do on snipe?
0: Just one Wikipedia (laughs) article.
1: It's your second snipe fact.
0: I didn't know they were real.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're birds. They're a little... They're little birds.
0: They're the kind of birds that you tell people to go look for when you want them to go away.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know they were real. I thought they were imaginary and that that was why you told people to go look for snipes. Nope. That's why I send my nephew on snipe hunts. (laughs) Do you actually? Uh, No. But I've been sent on many of these (laughs) snipe hunts.
1: Anyway. uh, So... Getting this chapter is a weird one. Uh, like we said, the and we went talked through, and you know, we you were there for the podcast. Do you what? remember? <laughs> like we already talked about, a we good,
0: already recorded the podcast. Yes, a good,
1: <laughs> a good what? half of, a good half of this chapter is entirely a conversation, which uh, I don't think influences the rest of the book at all. We just
0: needed that one paragraph from Salopad about how to get into Light.
1: Yeah, we needed that. That From the tombs. That was conveying information. The rest of it's a plot line that, like, we don't really care about because Shasta's already left. Like, Shasta's not involved with these people after this chapter, probably. And, you know, the other characters aren't there. Like, Erebus and Bree are probably already at the tomb, and Hwyn just died. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. like, we don't see when anymore. All right. Uh, but, yeah, like, we have the characters, and it's nice to have a follow-up from, like, you know, the last book and being like, let's talk a little bit more about how Edmund and Susan are doing. And, you know, this is, you know, how much of, like, a cool, you know, powerful king, you know, Peter's turned into, and he's the Kai King, and he can, you know, whip the test Rock around the block. Uh, But ultimately, it doesn't serve the story, I don't think.
0: Watch me whip.
1: And... So- And so it's an odd addition. Uh, I mean, on the other hand, we meet Prince Corin, who's one of my favorite characters in the series so far. I want more of him. I want (laughs) him to replace Shasta as the main character. Whoa. (laughs) Not really, but he's fun. Um, And we have more of Tumnus, and we have a little bit more support for Tumnus just being, like, this brilliant tactical mind who, like, they keep around because he knows things. He drinks and he knows things yeah and you know he he's the guy that has all the secrets and the and guy that has all the plans. Food. yep uh and so there's there's good and bad here there's again like you said at least three moments of lewis coming in and breaking the fourth wall and doing that thing that he was doing really well about not doing and so he slipped into his old habits here uh so overall i'm gonna say Uh, let's go, let's go three, three and a half varieties of Fools.
0: Okay, okay. It's
1: like there's three really good types of Fools, and then there's one that was like one of the first three kinds, and then somebody's like, I'm going to put caramel on top. It's a different type of Fool. No, it's not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So I do want to include one more thing. We have, um... When uh, a reason that Corrin might not suggest helping mm-hmm. Shasta is because Shasta specifically mentions that he has three other party party members that he needs to be with. Uh huh. And so there is a moment of that where Corin might not just want to give him the opportunity because it would be un- ignoble of Shasta to leave his party. Yeah. And go with the Narnians. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. I get that. With that said. I give this chapter a low whistle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) That low whistle. Yep. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Chronically Narnia. Uh, Join us again next week for a chapter... chapter for, six for a chapter six the chapter six for chapter of this book six, what is chapter six called
0: Shasta among the tombs
1: Ooh, we get, so we I hate we to spoil to it tombs. for
0: you but Shasta makes it to the tombs.
1: He gets there but our Evis and Bree there already and also when does when come back next chapter that's what <laughs> I want to know uh, so until then if you want to contact us and you know get into some debates about you know what mythical land uh, Narnia is supposed to be.
0: Or just point out something that we've forgotten and uh, obviously missed. <laughs> probably.
1: You can uh, get at us at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can tweet something at us at Chronically Pod on Twitter. Or you can email us, your fan art of Prince Corin being a rowdy boy, uh, to chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and, yeah, thanks.
0: Thank you so much Until... for joining us. Until next time, don't drug your maid. <laughs>
1: And don't forget to wipe your sword. Maybe don't forget to climb out a window. I don't. I don't know. Move the no, vase out off move, the windowsill. Move the vase off the windowsill. Mm-hmm. Maybe we finally, finally got something from this book. Okay. Being
0: a slave is worse than being a white. <laughs>
1: close this up.
0: Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs> I did that to you last time Chronologically order Chronically logical order
0: Chronically logical order Chronologically order <laughs> Narnia and Tajbon
1: Yep, apparently Or Kalerman, Kalerman. Or yep.
0: whatever that place is called yep. Tajban's a city Yep I've heard Yep Anyway, before we do Stay all that Say it up one more
1: time Yep I do not think we shall find it easier to leave Tashbond. Easier? What?
0: Easier! I do uh, not think we <laughs> will find it easier to leave Tashbon. Okay. Obviously Aslan's Jesus and the Lion, the Witch, and what? the Wardrobe. I'm sorry. I thought that I told you this.
1: He's <sighs> just like, I brought you food. What else am I supposed to have? Flute. Sell you out to an evil... Ah, no. There's no evil queen to sell you out to. What do I do? <laughs> I don't know what to do with a child It's like Oi I've been out fighting
0: Don't I keep trying to say poison
1: Don't poison yeah No Drug. Drug Don't drug
0: Until next time Don't drug your maid